amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. Geraldine, if I come to you and say, you know, I, I really don't know what would be a niche for me, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. And you'd probably say, well, what are you, what are you interested in? Is that what you would say? How, how, I, I don't know. Tell me. All right, yeah. I'm coming to you. Geraldine, yeah. I, I know I can't be a generalist. Uh, everyone is generalist. And, you know, to be, you really need to specialize in an area. All right. Have a niche. All right. But I don't know where, where to even start. Where, do, where should I start? What's most common is that your niche is already, you're, you already have it. You just don't know it. Right. And I would say to you, show me who your clients are. I love the income by customer summary report just because it provides us a bunch of information that I need. But I would ask you about your top clients. I would do the same thing that we just went through, right? I would sort them by um, descending order of revenue per client. And I would inquire about your top 10, maybe top 20 if it wasn't becoming clear right off the page. But your top 10 clients. Tell me about the range of revenue of these top clients. Tell me what industries they're in. You know, do you have a lot of tradespeople? Are they construction? Are they HVAC? Are they drywall? Are they painters? Or do you have a bunch of lawyers, consultants, or do you have a bunch of tech people? You know, I would pull that information out of you. And what's most likely is you're way too close to it to be able to see it. But because I'm removed from it, I can see the pattern. And then we can focus in on what you already have that you're doing well already. There's a reason that you have the clients that you have. They're attracted to you for a reason and you're doing good work for them for a reason. So we just need to dig into it and separate out the stuff that you don't necessarily gravitate toward. Like maybe you got a couple of gas stations by accident. They came to you, but you don't really love them. But you kind of think maybe you should because it's smart business or I don't know what. 
But if you don't like them and you don't gravitate towards them, then let's not focus there. Let's focus on the ones that you're already doing good work for and that you enjoy. And then let's lean into that, figure out where you can add more value to those clients. And from there, then we start building stuff out. Um, do, you, do you determine the niche first and then learn that type of work? Uh, or do you learn the, you know, what that type of client does before you say, all right, I'm going to learn everything about condo associations that mm. I can, and then I'm going to start going after condo. What do you do first? Do you get the condos first and then learn the business? All right. Or do you learn the business first and then go after the condos? What's your position on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I start with, I start with the clients that customers, that my clients already have. Right. So that we can start okay. interviewing. I mean, what we do is kind of a market research hack. And I have my clients go out and interview their clients about what more they need to be more profitable in their business, to get more time back, to make their lives easier, and so on. You could call it market research. A lot of CPAs recoil at the word marketing because they think it's hocus pocus. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm an engineering person. That was, how do I say this? The engineers didn't really think that marketing was real. So I talk about positioning and I talk about promoting your business. At any rate, where we start to come back to your to come back to answer your question is understanding your best clients where there's the most opportunity, getting to know those clients what they need in order to make their lives easier and more profitable and doing a market research hack which is interviewing them to find out those answers, building out the services while we also then learn about that industry or that profession. And that's also a super easy hack, right? There are you can just go to Amazon and start finding the books on the business of that industry. Go to iTunes and start listening to podcasts on the biz business of that industry. And you will begin very quickly to understand the nature of the problems inside that industry. And that's where you can add a lot of value because your CPAs, as your competitors in air quotes, are not doing that. I can all but guarantee it. So the bar here for you to niche is super low and really easy to get across. I mean, I can help a CPA find a niche in 20 minutes, right? And we can help them really understand their industry and the, what that industry needs in four weeks. This stuff doesn't take that long. Why did you major in engineering? You sound like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, how, what did you do in engineering? You, you Obviously, your first position was in engineering, correct? Yeah. I mean, right. so truth be told, truth be told, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had friends around me who knew they wanted to be a physician. They knew they wanted to be a lawyer. And I was, I have no idea, but I'm really good at math and science. So how about I just go into engineering? Because at least when I graduate, I'll have an engineering degree and that will be better than an arts and science degree. So but, that was why I became an engineer. But you probably, with a degree from Cornell in engineering, you probably had phenomenal amount of offers. Did you not? I had opportunities, but guess what? I didn't want to be an engineer at the end of the day. So the what the did you want to be? What did you want to be? <laughs> I still didn't know. I still didn't know. What I do you want to? Yeah. What do you want to do when you grow up? Go ahead, tell me. All right. Well, I'm, just to answer your question, I went and led bicycle tours in Europe for six years, and it was amazing. Really? I went all over the world. I traveled all around the world for ten years. I lived out of a rolling duffel, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of story. There are a lot of stories there. And what do I, I mean, ultimately, the thing that I've always wanted is to make a difference in the world, right? Which is high level. My mission now is financial and emotional freedom for any woman who dares go after. 
What's important about my mission is that there are a lot of women. I, I also work with men. I focus on women because there are a lot of women who, who struggle financially, who believe that, you know, profitability isn't for them. Success isn't for them. They either don't deserve it or perhaps they're not worth it and they deflate their prices. And as a consequence, they get locked into where kind of where we started back on the, the, the hamster wheel and they're suffering and it doesn't have to be that way. There are countless women who are intelligent, smart, talented, who add a lot of value to their business owning clients. And that needs to get extracted. And I want to see more women living fully into, I want to see more women living fully into their potential. Have you achieved to some degree or more total degree, all right, what your mission is? Have you, have you achieved it all right? Are you achieving Life is it? A long, <laughs> I'm in the process of achieving it, right? Life is a long journey. I'm only halfway there and I kind of feel like I'm just getting started. The emotional piece I had to deal with when I was, you know, in my 20s because I was a hot mess and didn't want to live another 60 years like that. And then the financial piece is has absolutely come around. And changing what I believe about what I'm capable of and and in terms of profitability and in terms of money and being able to welcome money, which I grew up with parents who both grew up poor and penny pinched, right? They didn't have two nickels to rub together and all right, the rest. Right, right, right. So I have my own set of beliefs that I need to work through about money being scarce. But once I turned the corner and saw that it was just everywhere and there are oceans of cash all over the place, it really shifted how I show up for things. Where are these money trees? Where are these money trees? I'd like to know. Where are these money yeah, they're trees? Not, they're, they're not trees. They're oceans of cash. Oh, oceans. <laughs> I actually visited that place last year. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We called it Ocean City. Go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> so, where, I mean, where are the oceans of cash? Here's the thing. It simply requires... How do you find the oceans of cash? Beats me good. <laughs> it, it requires opening up to the possibility that they exist. And in the space where debits and credits must be equal and I give you a dollar and you give me a dollar and that's it, that doesn't get people thinking about value. But when we start to, when we put our minds on how do I generate value, that's when you start to see oceans of cash because you can create infinite value for your clients. There's so much value that can be created. I mean, anywhere there's a problem, value can be created and there are infinite problems. Just pick your eyes up and start looking, right? So anywhere you could create value, there is money to be generated. I mean, you've got to find, you've got to learn how to sell water to a thirsty person, right? You don't want to sell it to somebody who, you know, lives in the rainforest, perhaps. You've got to figure out where the people are that want to pay for the problems that you know how to solve. But once you know how to generate value, suddenly your eyes open up to the oceans of cash that are out there. And I can promise you that they're out there. They're everywhere. I mean, people are paying in the towns where I live and where across the country, people are paying a million, two million, five million dollars cash for houses. There are oceans of cash. You just have to know how to look for it and how to add value to the business owning clients that you already have. You sound like you probably should have majored in business administration. Do you ever feel no, that way? No, my God, I would ha I would have to be working inside corporate, and nothing makes well, me. No, 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 no. You could you could work in you know, and I'm I'm just amazed where you come up with these things. All right, do you go before groups? Uh, are you asked to speak before groups? Tell sure, me. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm speaking to a state society next month. Yeah, and. Uh, 
what up in uh, Idaho? Is that what you're doing? Or at, you go out, obviously, you don't just concentrate in Idaho. So how many people are you speaking to? How many, I'm just curious. So it's a state society annual conference. So it's probably on the order of a couple hundred. And I actually don't have any clients in Idaho. All of my clients are spread across the country on all coasts, in all corners, and all around. And I think that CPAs, what's so exciting about this profession right now because of where technology is going is that CPAs don't need to differentiate anymore by geography. So I'm just fascinated by, by what you do. I mean, just amazing. How many years you've been in this business of what you're so doing in coaching? Yeah, I've been coaching for six years and in the accounting space for two, three years. So obviously speaking before groups is a, a way of marketing what you do, correct? And yeah, I'm just curious. It's actually could be a way of marketing any area. You know, you're showing you want people, they want to hear what you have to say. Now, these things you're invited to, are they are they you charged these people? I assume they pay for the cost of you getting there, but are you, do you charge a fee for giving these talks? So I do get paid to speak. And getting paid to speak, the speaking is really can, the opportunity to connect with a larger audience. So, I mean, would it be great to get paid $50,000 to just appear on a stage for an hour? Sure. But really the opportunity is in connecting with the larger audience and getting the message out there in helping people for free at scale, right? Free for them or they paid, you know, admission, they bought their tickets on. But at a low cost, helping a large number of people at scale so that they can see that the hamster wheel that they're on is not one that they have to stay on, that there are plenty of paths off it that are viable, that are enjoyable, and that are profitable. And that's what I enjoy most about speaking. And it's the same with the podcast, right? That's free content. You do the same thing. Helping a lot of people at once. And there's there's something gratifying at a deeper level about helping a lot of people at once when you know, I couldn't necessarily work with all of those people in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. I have capacity for 10, I'm full. That's as many as I people, that's as many ships as I can turn at one time working in a one-on-one -on -one capacity. But when you have when you talk directly to a larger audience, you can make a big impact in a short amount of time to a large number of people. And how many people do you have in your company who work with you or work for you? Oh. I am a Is straight cat, you? Phil. I do You're not want to. I do not want to employ, nor do I want to be employed. I'm unemployable, and I I had six employees once, and I hated it. I do not like it. I love being on my own. I'm independent. I write my own schedule. I I meet with my clients in a way that works for both of us, but otherwise, I get I have complete autonomy about what I do when I do it and I don't have people who need me. I already have two kids and two cats. I don't need a, I don't need more employees. Oh, you have two children. What what are you 25 years old? I would guess. Uh, yeah, don't we wish, uh, right? Yeah, I was yeah. late to the party. I'm 45, so I've got littles. <laughs> you were late to the party. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have two Wow. How old I'm sorry. How old are they? Your kids? They're 3 and 6. I told you you're 25 years old. No, you're, no, you're just don't like, I look amazing? You do look good. God, let's talk about how, how you keep your skin like that. That's another subject. Um, <laughs> it's, that's, I mean, I, first of all, I'm generally engineers, uh, and I don't want to say a stereotype engineer. Sure. Right? They have the personality of a dead sponge. Okay. And, you know, I mean, 
if my wife ever met people who uh, they were engineers, like couples, you know, to go out, God, I sit there and I go like this, you know, and say, uh huh, uh huh. And, you know, if I don't keep the conversation going, all right, it's like there's, there's silence, dead silence. And uh, I don't like being, you know what? I don't like being friends with accountants. <laughs> all right. Because, you know, we used to have to go get continuing education. And uh, then the worst part is there's the lunch break. Okay. And you sit at a table and listen, you don't even know these people. All right. And they also are so dynamic. Oh my God. I think I could, I'd, I'd prefer to watch paint dry than to talk to these people, you know, but, uh, I didn't want to, actually, I didn't want to be a CPA. I don't want to be an accountant because I, I don't like the personalities. They're so, overall, I didn't find them to be really dynamic, okay? But uh, I, what do you, what's your feeling? Do you find the CPAs are dynamic or is that just a, a stereotype that I have in my brain? Well, I mean, I think the stereotype is there, right? And stereotypes exist for a reason. They save time. Stereotypes exist for a reason. I've, every accountant and CPA I've met has been lovely. I mean, I get the stereotype. I appreciate it. You could say the same about engineers. They're kind of mousy, kind of boring, kind of dull. But they're probably interesting to other people, right? So I, I don't think that the stereotype is necessarily that useful. And it, to bring it back to, you know, there, there's somebody for everybody. And to bring it back to you know hiring and having people around and all the rest, a lot of CPAs say to me that they're not people people. They tend to be introverted. And in terms of hiring, it makes me wonder, you know, if you don't really love being around people and you're plenty happy kind of being on your own, which I completely get, right? Why set up your business to be one that scales on staff doing low value work? And that's really common in the industry. And it appears to be how um, the larger firms are set up is to run on volume and squeeze as much as you can out of your staff. And I would encourage people instead to focus on value and worry less about volume. Because value is much easier to provide. Value doesn't ask you if you're doing your job right at you know 16 times a day. It doesn't ask you for permission. It doesn't ask for benefits and vacation. So if you can focus on value, you create a much your business becomes much easier to run. You don't have to have as many people around when you run your business based on volume. And if you don't like being around people and you think that CPAs and accountants are mousy, then fine, then definitely go to value. But my interactions with CPAs and accountants have always been lovely. I, you know, I think there are plenty of interesting and dynamic people out there. Let's talk very quickly about how you help CPAs. What is your custom one-to-one coaching? Please explain that to me. When I work one-on-one with someone, the idea is to focus on changing the nature of their business as quickly as we can. And that sounds kind of scary. So let me um, back off that a little bit and say that the part that we're changing is the overworked and underpaid. That's the part that we want to get rid of. And in order to do that, I start with a four-hour meeting to get through a bunch of material to figure out what kind of life they want to have. Do they want to work 40 hours a week or 20 hours a week. Do they have littles at home? Do they have aging parents? What is the life that you want to have? And then how do we backfill, reverse engineer, build your business so that you can create exactly that, right? So we're going out to the future, you know, two years from now, a year from now, where do you want to be ultimately? And then designing with the end in mind. So 
we work through finding a niche, like we talked about earlier, which we do, you know, in the first meeting. We start to understand the services that their clients, that their best clients want. We price those services. We pilot so that we go out and we get early wins because a lot of CPAs, this is a new way of working with their clients. They don't necessarily inherently trust that it's going to work. So we go out and we get early wins to build confidence. And then once they see that those clients are saying yes, they go, oh, okay. I get how this works. I get that this can work. And then they start offering to more clients. And then we also are simultaneously disengaging clients in tranches and phases so that the income doesn't take a huge hit, right? So that the income stays steady enough while we're building this other aspect of their business. And then we, that's the, that's the main transition is getting a handful, a dozen, two dozen clients into much higher level advisory, fractional controller, fractional CFO level services so that the CPA can feel comfortable disengaging the vast majority of their clients that aren't adding a lot of value and are just gumming up the works. And that whole process, you know, we can make a ton of progress in four months. It doesn't have to take that long. What's your roadmap to advisory services? So the roadmap is for people who are great implementers and they just need the map, right? It's like going into AAA and getting the set of triptychs where they say, oh, you want to go from New York to LA? Here are all your maps. It's all mapped out for you. Here's where you stop for gas. Here's where you stop for food. Here, like off you go. So the roadmap is we do all the same conceptual work about here's the map for your business. Here are all the places that you're going to stop and get this and that and the other, but you've got the map. It's up to you to implement. With a person who comes on like a CPA like myself, and I say, I want to go into advisory services. Okay. I mean, because that's the hot area now. All right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I say to you, all right, uh, what do I do? Do I start, you know, looking for someone who's a specialist in certain areas, like having a good attorney. All right. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, do you give them people uh, that they can go to when they need a certain type of service uh, in advice? You know, in other words, it's consulting, okay? All right. Mm -hmm. I say to you, I want to go into consulting. You're going to say, well, what do you want to do? Uh, well, I, uh, I want to advise people in financial planning. Is that a purpose? Yes, advisory services. All right. What would you tell me to do? I want, I want to go into financial planning. All right. How do I get into it? So just for clarity, you want to have a niche that is financial planners? Yes. Okay. All right. So, no, I want to have a, yeah, I want to get, I actually want to have a, a niche that I can do financial planning. Okay. All right. Now, do you advise me on that? Is that what you do? So I want to be careful here just because there's okay. financial planning and there's certified financial planners, right? Who help right. with retirement. And this, it gets a little bit gray, especially on the client end, who's who and who does what. And there are CPAs who also have dual CPA CFP. So I, I want to be clear in terms of answering your question. If you're talking about niching into working with strictly financial planners, which I think you said no, and you said yes to, I want to do more financial well, planning. Well, let me go back then and say, yes, I want to, uh, I want to advise certified financial planners. All right. I see. Yeah, you know, as far as how to build up their practices, that type of thing. 
Okay, gotcha. Okay. So if if you were to come to me and say, Geraldine, I want to have a niche and I think I want my niche to be financial planners. So what do we do, right? So the first thing is, do you have any financial planners that you're already working with? If the answer is yes, then the next step for you is to go interview them about the nature of their business because certified financial planners, just because they're good with money, doesn't necessarily mean that they are good business owners and that they're being profitable. They too often suffer from a same or similar subset of problems as CPAs do because of the way that their compensation structure works, right? They build for assets under management, which is crazy. I mean, it's great once you have a lot of assets under management. Anyways, so they have a similar subset of problems. You would go interview them, find out what they need for their in terms of growing their business. And then we would come back together and we would build out your services that would help that certified financial planner or that group of people become more profitable business owners. And then we would do all the rest of the steps, which is how do we market? How do we get you in front of them? How do we get you talking about value? How do we price it? And so on. It amazes me. I'll go back to the engineering degree. How with an engineering degree, uh, you have such a a vast knowledge of business. And that's, uh, how did you get all that vast knowledge of business? Just researching? How did you come up with this? They didn't teach you any business in engineering. Is that correct? At Cornell, yeah, no, they it was all it was, it was, it was all, all Greek, right? It was all, all Greek. math, but really Greek. So <laughs> how did how did I, you know, how do I know what I know? The same thing that I've been talking with you today about, which is study your niche. Study your niche. And I've been studying CPAs for since the first CPA came to me and said to me, Can you help me grow my business? And I scratched my head because I thought they already understood everything about business. But it turns out that they're just like everybody else. That they're just like other business owners, that they have blind spots as well, things they weren't taught. And so I've spent my I spend my time saturating myself in learning about CPAs. I listen to all the podcasts. I read any book that any CPA has written about business, about how to go to advisory. I read the white papers. I spend my time studying this niche so that I understand what it is that they need. Because they see their symptoms, but they don't understand the underlying disease that's causing it. Right? So my job has been to understand the disease and how do we treat the disease rather than just put band-aids on the symptoms. So that's, that's the answer. Study your itch. So you actually listen to my podcast to learn more about accounting. Is that correct? I do. Yes, and, of course I do. do. Do you learn more about accounting? Well, I learn about the things that CPAs struggle with, right? So for example, with your podcast, should I get licensed or should I not get licensed? What's the value of the license? Should I just be an accountant? How long does it take? Is it worth it? Will it pay off? How long does it pay off? These things that CPAs tend to think about. So across the spectrum of CPA podcasts, I learn the things that they are concerned about and that keep them up at night. There are all kinds, you know, there, there are so many of you who have great podcasts that have been great for me. So thank you for putting out great content week after no week. No problem. You, yeah, have an, you, have an East, you have an East Coast edge that having grown up on the East Coast, I appreciate and miss. And you had, you know, your conversation with Josh Lance about breweries was really interesting. You had Hannah Smolinski on about how to use YouTube to build your business. I mean, you've had some great guests that are really interesting. So I love your podcast. Oh, well, thank you very much. That's a uh, real compliment. Uh, and you know what? I have to listen to your podcast. I'm, I'm just curious now. How often do you do your podcast? Yeah. So my podcast is weekly, just like yours. It's for listeners who want to listen to it. It's Smart Strategy for CPAs, which you can find anywhere you find your podcasts. 
and similar. So my topics are similar but different. And I do a lot of pricing. I do a lot of niching and I interview my own clients and other CPAs who are finding outside the box ways of getting out of the traditional kind of old school business model of being a CPA and finding a way that's thriving, fulfilling, and profitable. You just said I have that Eastern, I, I'm trying to, what was, what East was Coast Edge. Of, what is an East Coast Edge? Uh, exactly. Oh, well, I suppose if you're from the East Coast, you don't see it as much, but when, um, but you know, you, you call a spade a spade, you call your balls and strikes and you, you get right in there. You don't hold back. It's not all, you don't play nicey nice. Patty cake. Oh, am I the Don Rickles of uh, podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what makes your podcast great. Otherwise, it would you know you've got to stick out. Otherwise, it just sounds like static and noise, and then you don't get found, right? It's no, good marketing. I, I gotta get yeah. Well, I I, I always want to be the Howard Stern of uh, podcasts. <laughs> don't do that. You know, you know actually, uh, I would not come on because he grew up actually near where I grew up. All right, but I was not friends with him. But you know. Uh, no, I, you know, it's interesting. I I guess I do have an East Coast. It's just the way, you know, we say it the way it is. And I, I don't, the way it is. And I don't insult people. One thing I, I always feel this way, all right? I try to get the person to enjoy being on the podcast, all right, by just joking with them. And people say, where do you come up with these things? And I'll say, you know, it just happens. It comes out. And, uh, but that's why I enjoy it. I enjoy meeting people like yourself and, uh, I, I'm, I'm in awe of what you do. And by the way, I wanted to tell you, I'm looking here at your uh, bio, all right? And the other guy who teaches with me, he lives in Missoula, Montana. Oh, who's that? I must know him. I used to live there. Ron uh, Primoroso. He taught oh the gosh. University of uh, Montana at Missoula. Huh. He's, on, huh. he's been on some of the podcasts I've had. You know, when we talk about the changes in the exam, all right? And in Ron's background is even more. Ron was born and raised in uh, New York area for a while. Uh, 15 years old, he switched over. His family went to Fort Lauderdale. And he went to Florida Atlantic University to get his PhD, all right? And it's interesting. He sounds like he's from the Bronx or something, all right? <laughs> Yet... He never really lived there for that long. So it's hard for, you know, when I say things from New York, New York comments, he'll, I say, do you know what that is? And he'll say, no. You know, I just figure if you have a New York accent, you know what things are in New York, okay? So anyway, yeah, he's, uh, it's a small town, right? How big is Missoula? Uh, 70,000 probably now. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I think if I lived in Missoula, I got in my mind. Uh, it sounds very slow slow. <laughs> That's why I couldn't take Denver. It was too slow for me, you know? Too slow, yes. Yeah, like the manana, the manana yeah. principle. Don't worry about it. We'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, you know? There's no hurry. We got plenty yeah, of time. No, no, no. Well, maybe, maybe that's not a bad philosophy, right? All right. But anyway, anything else you want to tell? First of all, let's go once again. Tell them about your podcast. All right. Tell them how long it is. It's called Smart Strategy, right? Yep, and, strategy for and, and you bring on guests, right? And, I do, yep. All right. And uh, you, you, your purpose is to inform people on how to do what? How to get niches, how to do, that sounds like a French food, doesn't it? 
I'm going to have a niche for lunch. <laughs> a niche uh, with hollandaise sauce. Yes, very good. Low calorie. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> no, uh, typical, you know, like, who's your next guest? Tell me who your next guest is. All right. Oh, my gosh. My, well, my next guest happens to be Ron Baker. So that'll be a good one. We're going to talk about subscription pricing. So really the purpose of the podcast is to help CPAs who want, who are, who love tax, who love the puzzle of tax, who love helping people, but are just fried from being on the hamster wheel to help them see that there are better ways to run their businesses that don't mean 80 hours a week, that don't mean suffering at, you know, 100K and take home after being a CPA for 10, 20 years that there are ways, and it's not that hard, for you to become much more profitable, not have to work as hard, and really enjoy what you're doing and serve your clients at a deeper level, right? So because ultimately, when CPAs and accountants can help their clients in this deeper level way, the business owners end up doing better too. Everybody wins. So because the business owner gets better advice from their CPA, from their accountant. So this is a win all the way around. And, you know, back to the mission, we are looking, we want women in particular and some good men to have financial and emotional freedom and stop killing themselves for a job that they love. And you also tell people where the money is. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't tell them how to plant money trees. You tell them about how there's, there's sources of money you, you can earn, pick up, and you describe that and how you do that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want, if you want to know where the oceans of cash are, the oceans of cash. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do my best on the podcast to try and help people find those places, but generally, I mean, if you want to plug into those, it's one-on-one works because it's it's really we've got to figure out with each. Being a CPA is not the same for every person. Not every accounting firm looks the same. They're really different. But when you're a CPA, you might think that it's all the same. It's not. So we need to figure out what it is that you are best at, what your unique skills are, what you enjoy most, and build your business around that. And then we help you find the the opportunity and the value. And when I say oceans of cash, I mean, it's a great visual, but it's not like you just plug into it, tap a tree and you start drinking. You've got to figure out, we have to, (laughs) I need to teach you how to create value, right? There's effort that's required. It's not just tapping a maple tree and like it just starts gushing. We need to create the value and that takes work. But once you do it, you can tap in and there are, you know, there's plenty out there for everybody and everybody wins when CPAs start doing this better kind of higher level work. I think you. I think you're the only person I've interviewed that does this type of coaching. Really, I, I, you know, I've not met anybody else like you. So uh, appreciate. It. I wrote all those notes about my money tree. I'll be going out there afterwards and start planting them. In fact, I remember my daughter used to think we had money trees in the backyards. Uh, but anyway, she's grown up. She's grown up. I thank you very much for being on here. Is there any last thing you want to say? You want to. You want to push your. I'm going to look at it. Push your podcast one more time. I think it's. Very, very important that they listen to your podcast. Sure. So it's smart strategy for CPAs. And if I'm going to leave your listeners with one thing, it's that there is an old school traditional way of doing things. That is not the only way. There are countless other ways to build an accounting firm, CPA firm that you love, that is profitable, where you live a fulfilling and thriving life. Very well put. I appreciate that. And... um, 
I'm jealous you're in beautiful area, Sun Valley. Has it been hot there? Is it, you're getting that heat wave now? So we're not getting the 105 business, but we're in the approaching the low 90s, which is plenty hot. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. But it's dry heat, isn't it? It is dry heat, but we're also at elevation. So like you go outside and you got to be careful because your skin's yeah. going to sizzle no in a matter problem. of minutes. Yeah. Well, I wish you, Geraldine, the best. I, I think your business is going to continue to grow and grow and grow. All right. And I just want you to stay healthy and, you know, and enjoy life. That's what I've learned. Life goes by so fast. I don't have to tell you that. So just enjoy life. And I appreciate you being on my podcast. I really do. And uh, I'm going to listen. I will listen. I promise. Okay. And thank you, uh, Phil. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great to be with you. Oh, I thank you. Really. Uh, you know what? I'm very fortunate. I meet a lot of nice people on this podcast, you know, and uh, they're fun to talk to. And I only yeah, had one dull person, only one dull person. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Geraldine, enjoy the summer. Take care. And I hope to speak to you again. And if I get to Sun Valley. All right. Uh, are you in the I was just, look, this is how old I am. Are you in the phone book? No. Uh if I know, actually, I plan on going to Sun Valley sometime. I want to see this condo I've never been invited to for, by my family. All right. So I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a holler. How's that? Well, to you and all of your listeners, if you're ever in the neighborhood, give me a holler. I would love to meet up. You'll take them all to lunch. Is that it? You got it. <laughs> Whoa, this woman is a philanthropist, too. It's amazing. All right. Take care. Thank you, everyone, for listening once again to another podcast with Phil Yeager. And if you have any specific area that you want us to talk about, and I don't know why I say this every week, because no one ever writes telling me what they want. All right. So therefore, basically, I don't really care what you want. No, I will get the guests, try to get interesting guests. And we just want you to enjoy the 45, 50 minutes and learn something from it. If, I, if you can learn one thing from something, then I've done my job. Take care, everyone. Stay well and be good to each other. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. 
Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.